Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took his in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, guys? We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions! Thank you for joining us. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vazana, and as always, my brother Noel. Hey, Noel, uh, you're off your normal location here since you're such a big star and all. You know, we don't want to disclose exactly where you're at, but. Uh, how's your vacation going? How was your trip going up? It was it was great until I had to do this. <laughs> no, it's actually been going really nice. Uh, it's nice to get away from things. And, uh, you know, I'm always on the job, though. I'm here for you fans. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, myself, I was not feeling great. I had to take a little bit of a nap. Still not 100%, but I'm, I'm working always, through it. Always got to one up. You always got to try. I do. I never talk about myself at all. What do you mean? You always got to try to one up things. Nah, I don't know. I'm not a one upper at all. (laughs) Not in any way. Just, you know, I want to keep it real here. I want to let the fans know what's going on in our lives. If they care. Anyway, let me get through this real quick. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook group. Just search Beltway Sports Bros. You can also find us on BeltwaySportsBros.com. One last thing, if you are listening to the show right now, which obviously you are, please hit subscribe or the follow button so you don't miss a single episode going forward. All right, so um, later in the show, we will have another installment of a Top 5 Friday. But first, let's start with a preview of a massive NFC East battle on the docket here. In a pivotal matchup for the Tank for Trevor sweepstakes, your 1-4 Washington football team will travel to East Rutherford, New Jersey to play the 0-5 New York Giants. Big game coming up, huh, Noel? Yeah. I don't think it's a tank for Trevor, according to Rivera. I mean, I, according to him, we're going for the division. Yeah. We're ready to kick some ass out there. Yeah, absolutely. So to start off last week, the Giants lost a heartbreaker to the Cowboys 37-14. And Washington, if I'm going to steal a word from Noel here, got eviscerated by the LA Rams 30-10. to This week's game will be on Fox at 1 p.m. And the Giants are favored by two and a half points. Let's go over the updated injury report as of Thursday. Some good news to start. On Wednesday, Washington designated guard Brandon Sheriff to return for Sunday's game. Also, we haven't mentioned this, but slot wide out Steven Sims Jr. was put on IR earlier this week with a nagging toe injury that will require him to sit out at least three weeks. Unfortunate there. Not that this matters anymore, but the, I believe, eighth quarterback on the uh, death chart, Dwayne Haskins, is still sick at home with an illness. Didn't practice all week. Maybe so. he has COVID and they hey, just they don't d- want to say it. <laughs> Hey, it is the NFL, you know. (laughs) I guess Washington has enough problems. They don't want to add that onto the list. So Kyle Allen was was a full go in practice this week and will resume his responsibilities as starting quarterback, according to Mr. Rivera. And cornerback Greg Stroman has not participated in practice this week and will probably miss the game. Something kind of interesting here, though, not injury news, but something to watch. Rookie O-lineman Shadiq Charles has been practicing with the ones in front of starter Wes Martin. So it looks like he's going to start over Wes. Interesting there. Uh-huh. Well, we'll see. I mean, everything's interesting. Everything's throw it at the wall and see if it sticks, man. At this point. I mean, why not? 
the hell does it hurt? West was getting dominated pretty severely. No, last no. I mean, they I mean, all it's were, not but... like it's a big deal. Ain't losing yeah. nothing. Shit. Put him in for Sheriff. Who gives a shit at this point? Well, Sheriff's coming no, back. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, hell, the whole difference doesn't make. But as for the Giants, defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence, defensive back Jabril Peppers, and wide receiver Darius Slayton were all limited on Thursday. But Giants are pretty healthy overall, other than, you know, obviously Saquon, and but that's, that's old news at this point. Okay, so let's start with the Washington offense versus the New York defense, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. What are your thoughts? You want to start? Well, I mean, starting with the... Uh protection of Allen. I mean, that's the glaring issue. I mean, they've given up 21 sacks. They're 31st of the league with that lineman looking like dog shit. And Mm -hmm. I mean, they've got to do something to protect the guy. And Giants defense isn't that bad. They are a solid front, kind of similar to Washington's. They've got a decent secondary, Bradbury, the guy that Washington tried to get. Um, who has been playing as a lockdown corner. Didn't want to pay him. Didn't want to pay the guy. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. he's not character enough. I, I don't know. I don't know. But as far as offensively, they've got to still try to consistently run the football and do it with regardless, like we've talked about before. I don't care if it's negative gains. That's what they have to do. If the philosophy here is for the defense to keep you in games long enough, they have to sustain drives. And they have to do that with what they've been doing, the short passes and the running the ball. And at this point, Matt, I'm confused on what their goals are and what their identity is going to be in this game. I really don't know. I don't know with Allen if they feel like they can open it up more, if they're going to downgrade things and have him be a game manager, so to speak. And that'll, <laughs> that might come up a little bit later on in the show. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't really know what their philosophy is, but they've got to sustain drives. They've got to. Well, we've been saying it every single week. Just pound the freaking ball. See what happens. Go old school with this offensive game plan. They ran 14 times last week. Two of those were quarterback runs. Just go old school with this game plan. You can't be any worse than you've been currently. Actually, the Giants technically have scored less than Washington. No, Washington has gotten worse. That's the thing. Yeah. Right. And there's no consistency. Like we keep talking about, they're as erratic as Rivera's behavior on offense. They'll have that one or two good drives. Like where the hell did that come from? And then they're back to the same old shit. Right. Last week, they were the offensive line was completely exposed. It was by far the worst game that they played. Uh, hopefully, they can get back to somewhat of a semblance of a NFL-looking offensive line. But getting sacked eight times is pretty unusual. I mean, Washington did it earlier this year, but it doesn't happen very often, and it was ugly. So. I don't expect that this week, and and hopefully uh, with Kyle Allen, he's a little bit more mobile than the other quarterbacks they have, and you could see that, actually. He's a pretty athletic guy. That run he had and and the one he got obliterated on, he actually broke that guy's ankle, so hopefully that'll help at least keep him from getting his jersey dirty. Well, I hope that it's because that's something that he... It's it's not in sheer survival mode. Right. I mean, that's not really doing a whole hell of a lot of good. The guy's just going to get eviscerated again if he's just trying to save his ass from getting sacked. That's a difference between a Kyler Murray type style or a Lamar Jackson where if they see a man-to-man coverage, that's an option for them. Allen was doing it just to just not get his head blown off. It just happened to be 15 yards down the field is when he got eviscerated. So, I mean, here's another th- issue that Washington needs to fix. They need to find other options on the field. And McLaurin, their primary option, first off, they have to get him involved again. One thing that at least, at the very least, Haskins was doing was involving him in the action, for better or worse. 
Now, in this game, if McLaurin is going to be their primary option and he's going to be most likely locked down by Bradbury, they need to find a second option, whether that's Logan Thomas, whether that's not that Steven Sims was doing jack shit when he was actually healthy, but I mean, they need a second option, whether it's Isaiah Wright or whomever it is as the second receiver, somebody has to produce out there on the field and get open. And lastly, again, and I'm saying it for the sixth week in a row, can you throw the fucking ball downfield a couple of times to see what happens? Please, I'm begging you. I am begging you to throw the ball downfield. I don't care if there's no protection or not. Throw the ball downfield. Try to change your trajectory of the game a little bit in that fashion because this dink and dunk shit is not the way modern football is played. I'm sick of seeing it. I've seen it for 20 goddamn years. I'm over it, man. We need to change the trajectory of this game and see if there's chunks that could be taken because I don't see drives being sustained. I'm hoping that they are. But if you're going to score sometimes, try to just get lightning in a bottle once, for God's sakes. Yeah, and it would be okay, I guess, if this defense was a juggernaut and you're just like, hey, we don't want to turn the ball over. We don't want to make any mistakes. We know the defense has got it, but that's just not the case. So if you're going to get a uh, turnover, it's again, I feel like a broken record. It's much better to get it 50 yards down the field than to get it in your own 20 or 30 or something, you know, so... Just fucking try it. See what happens. Go nuts. Yeah. I'm going to say it again. Run the ball and go deep. That's Norv Turner's MO. That's what he used to do. They have to go into this game offensively like they have absolutely nothing to lose because they really don't. They've lost all respect of their fan base and everybody in the league based on their performance last week. The only respect that they gained was the sheer fact that Alex Smith limped onto the field. That's the only thing that people are talking about, thank goodness, because if they actually watched any a play of that game besides the one of him trotting onto the field in the pouring rain, they would have said, wow, this is probably the worst team in the entire league. That was one of a historically bad offensive No, yeah, I, I'm saying. I mean, like, and it's not it's not overblowing the, the, it. it. Historically, I think 1965 or something was the last time somebody had less than 108 yards yeah. total in offense. So offensively, they can't do any worse, obviously, based on the stats. <laughs> so I just think that they need to find something and go with it. One thing. Find one thing that we say, this is what we're going to do today for better or worse and stick with it because when you start adding pieces to something that has not the ability to do it, you become shitty at everything. So just find one thing, become good at that, and then maybe the next week say okay and then grow upon that. That's the dangerous thing. It's like a person that's a good driver, that's a shitty driver that thinks that they're good at it, they're the most dangerous people out on the road. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's nothing worse than a person that thinks they're a good driver that sucks. At least people that drive scared, they don't want to do any more damage than they already potentially could do. So just find one thing and stick with it and see where it goes. The easiest way out of that is to run the ball and throw it deep. Right. That's simplified. Simple. Simple. You know, run the ball. I'll even go with run, run, pass at this point right. like Gruden. Yeah, be predictable. For that at Hell, the bring Adrian Peterson back and know that you're going to run it the first two times and then pass the ball. Either A, yeah. play action, or B, throw a bomb. Yeah, I mean, shit, that's Just what they that. did with Mark Rippon, for God's sakes. It took him somewhere. Moving on to the Washington defense versus the New York offense. So one stat that I saw, and I don't know if you know this, but Washington, the Washington defense has given up the most 40-plus yard plays this season with six. That's uh, that's not good. That's worse than I thought. Yeah. I'm not shocked 
But that's that's bad, man. It's really bad. And then also six in the NFL with 17 20 plus yards plays. So what are they doing? They seem to be stopping the run okay, but I don't think that they're being over aggressive either. I just think the guys don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're all confused. The linebackers are a mess. The safeties, Jesus Christ. I mean, probably the worst part of the team. And when you give up six 40-plus yard plays, that's usually confusion from the uh, the secondary. And you've seen a ton of that. You saw a ton of that many years before. And we thought, okay, well, Jack Del Rio's company is going to clean up this confusion in the, the secondary. Everybody's going to know what their assignments are. Apparently not. In actuality, getting worse. One positive thing, though, is that Daniel Jones has been sacked 17 times this year, and Washington can hit the quarterback, or at least they could the first four games. Jones also big turnover machine. He has three lost fumbles already, five interceptions. He actually accounts for eight of the nine turnovers that the Giants have this year. So nine turnovers is tied for third worst in the league. And then Washington obviously has 15 sacks, which is sixth best in the league, but eight of those came the first game. So it's a little bit skewed. They just got to get to Daniel Jones, bottom line. They got to hit this guy. They got to scare him. He can't handle it. He can be a little shifty back there, though. Um, we've seen it before. He's lit this team up the last two times they played. I mean, he was a rookie last year, and he he didn't look like a rookie. One positive, which is different, that they've proven that they can rush the passer. They can hit him. And I think if you make him nervous and you make him get happy feet back there, just like Goff, which they did not do... I think that they can be effective. There's really not much else to say about it. That's what you have to do, and that's how this team keeps losing. Well, if there's one offense that is beyond the Cowboys game, this offense has been dog shit. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Dallas gives up points to everybody. So it, that really wasn't that much of an accomplishment. Now, except for when Washington plays them, of course. But oh, yeah. that's for another tale. Um, <laughs> at the end of the day, Giants don't have any weapons offensively. Mm-hmm. Obviously, what you said, get to Daniel Jones. Try to create some turnovers out of the dude because he's a turnover machine. But offensively, I mean, who the hell do they have right now? Slayton? Yeah, Slayton, and he's hurt. Yeah, he might not play. And then Ingram at tight end, who they're even potentially talking about trading. He's their only offensive weapon. Their leading rusher is Daniel Jones. Right. Got Freeman, who had a decent game against the Cowboys last week. But really, offensively, they're not very scary. If this defense can't play well against the Giants and break this 30-point streak shit, I don't know who the hell they can do it against. Wouldn't surprise me if they could. No, no, I'm not debating that. I'm just saying if this is a game that the defense has to win, okay, they have to win this battle. It's going to be against two shitty offenses against two decent defenses. That's what this game is. So whatever defense is more successful and can get to the quarterback better, that's going to be the team that wins the game, I believe, and the turnover battle. Because I believe there are turnovers out there. There's money left on the table, is what they love to say. And I think that the ball will hit the field a couple of times, and Washington has to come up with it. It would be lovely to even get a defensive touchdown. Keep this shitty Washington offense off the field if they can. Don't even take it to the one. Put it in, (laughs) please, because we'll end up kicking a field goal, I promise you. Offensively, the one positive is this defense can get off the schneid that they were on, get to Daniel Jones, and even the D-backs might be able to look some like they've played football before in this game because the Giants don't have anything. Hey, and everybody keeps talking about this race for the NFC East, NFC least, as they like to say, but it's still legitimate. This team sucks, don't get me wrong, but I mean, the Cowboys just lost Dak. They're, they're two and three. They're still better than Washington. Oh, I know. Oh, of course they are. I'm not saying they're not. And look, I'm not having any delusions here. Uh, I'm saying that if they win this game, they're actually 
as sad as it is, in pretty good position. Matt, and it's a game that is probably the two worst teams in the entire league. We're not even talking about in the division, okay? So if they win yeah. this game, and we're going to go over the prediction of the score here shortly, but this is the yes. two worst, te- I would say, worst teams in the league. Definitely the two worst offenses in the league. Yes. So it's going to be, like I said, up to the defenses whether they want to win this game or not. That's really where it's going to be. And God willing, Allen just doesn't turn the ball over. They can produce a little bit offensively, just enough to give them a little oomph to get over the hump and win the game. But we'll see. I'd be fine if he turned the ball over. As long as they're pushing the ball down the field and they are trying something other than playing this pansy Not in this shit, game. I'm fine Not with Not in that. this game. Uh-huh. If you're in a game that is against a team that has offense and you want to throw the ball out and take chances, I still want to see a couple deep balls just to keep them honest. I'm not saying that, but I don't want big chances taken in three interceptions from this dude and going to, you know, one of his shit games that he had from last year and then putting the freaking defense in a bind because that's where the game is going to be won, Matt. It's going to be won on the defensive mm-hmm. side. They cannot give up anything stupid to this crappy offense and give Daniel Jones, he's another guy like Haskins. These guys didn't just all of a sudden forget how to play quarterback magically because we decide that they did. Yes, Daniel Jones has been playing like shit. I'm not denying that. But this is an opportunity for him to have a coming out party. And he's had him against Washington. And that's concerning. Oh, absolutely. Let's move to the predictions. Uh, You want me to go first? Yeah, go go for it, man. Go on, Homer. (laughs) (laughs) So the Giants... You throw out the offensive and defensive rankings. It doesn't matter. They both suck on both sides of the ball. But it doesn't ever seem to matter with these two teams. It doesn't matter when they play the Giants. Even if Washington seems like a better team, they always seem to lose. And, you know, critical times. and Or the Giants game, they always seem to need this game to keep their season alive. And then they always come through and destroy ours. But this time, I think it's going to be different. So... (laughs) I've got Washington winning in a hideously played game, 17 to 13. It's not going to be pretty. So you're kind of At basing it off of the, what watch. I was saying about the defenses are basically going to have to win this game for the most part. And, yes. and whatever offense fucks up the least. Yes. And I think that Daniel Jones is going to do enough fucking up to Washington's benefit. Okay. Well, I'm going the opposite direction. Oh. I think the Giants have played better than Washington has regardless. The Giants have been in games. Washington hasn't, whether it's Mm -hmm. coaching blunders by Rivera on timeouts, whatever the reasoning is, Washington hasn't been in any games, okay? I don't foresee that Washington would have had a knockout drag out with the Cowboys and a shootout. There ain't no way in God's green earth. I don't give a shit what Dallas's defense looks like. So for me, I think the Giants are a better football team. I think right now they have pieces that are not good. But I think they're playing more of as a cohesive unit right now, and they at least know what they want to do to a certain extent. They just have a bad football team. So for me, I'm saying that Giants are going to win 24 to 21. Wow, you think Washington's going to actually put up 21 yes, points? Yes, I do. That's a bold I think prediction. That, I think that it'll be 24. I think it'll be 24 to 14, and they'll get a garbage one at the end because you know why? Because Rivera, with two minutes left or whatever, will actually try to put a two minute drive together, and they might score a garbage touchdown. Because Kyle, Kyle Allen's in. in. So now we'll play football. You can yeah. trust him. He's a trustworthy yeah. quarterback. Uh, all right. Well, we shall see. All right. So it's that time again. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah. Hope it was you know? worth the wait. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> 
These are getting harder and harder yeah, to come up with. No, you, know? you know, they uh, are. But one's on vacation. The other one's allegedly was. We got a Dwayne Haskins on the other side here saying that he hey, was but sick. But I'm playing today, though. Oh, that's you know, true. I'm, showing, I'm, I'm, You're showing allow- I'm allowing work, you to play. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's very sweet of you. All right. Today's installment will be top five most played out sports cliches. All yeah. Right, so hopefully you like it. <laughs> Uh, so basically, these are phrases that you hear idiots lean on when they're not smart enough to come up with their own shit. And they just, you know, these announcers or the JP Finleys of the world that, you know, same old, uh, I, I don't want to give any away, but, you know, we'll, we'll get, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, you know, those like old cliches, every game counts and all that crap. We're going a little bit probably more obscure than the Bill Belichick's, you know, that are one game at a time shit every phrase that comes out of his mouth is a cliche. exactly and like i mean an he asshole. does that surely intentionally but <laughs> we're going with the cliches here side note what the hell was he wearing a couple weeks ago he's worn some horrible shit <laughs> but did you see that that shirt with the holes in it no it was unbelievable you should look it up it's crazy <laughs> i don't know and somebody actually did a split screen of this you know the brooklyn brawler yeah the brooklyn <laughs> hey they did a split screen of i the- knew it was going here i, I know no, it just ca- <laughs> well it- I knew that's why it's stuck in your head. You didn't see it actually really happen. You saw it because it was split screen with the Brooklyn Brawler. Like, oh, a wrestling meme. I don't sit there and watch Bill Belichick uh, press conferences religiously. A wrestling no, meme. I- <laughs> see, it is real. They have them next to the one of the great coaches. It was just the same shirt, Noel. Know, that's all it was. Anyway, you should look at it. All right. <laughs> It was a way for you to understand what right, he was wearing. Right, I got okay. you. <laughs> I did Jesus. understand it, sadly enough. Okay. <laughs> I know, because you're a closet wrestling fan, <laughs> even though you make fun of me about it. All right, let's start this. What's your number five, Noel? Number five, he's a great locker room guy. Mm. Well, you, that's definitely not you. No, I'm definitely, because I'm usually <laughs> the superstar. So what the fuck do I need to be a locker room guy for? Yeah, if you're a shitty player, okay, and you're like the 13th man on the bench... Or, you know, you're on the practice squad, you damn well better be a good locker room guy. Like the uh, John Sallies or Mark Madsons of the world, those rah-rah guys. You know, you're lucky to even be on a damn roster. You better be a locker room guy, all right? That's like if you're a mean lo- uh, 13th man, you ain't going to be on the team. Or if you're an asshole, it's like a, a mean fat girl. I mean, you're fucked both ways. You better be nice if you're huge. I mean, you ain't never going to get a man. The best ones are the ones that used to be fat and remember how it used to be. All right. <laughs> and then they get hot and then they still have the fat girl mentality. All right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great combination. I mean, geez. You know, so yeah, it's not an accomplishment to be a, lock, a, a good locker room guy, the rah-rah guy, when you're lucky to even be on a squad. Well, here's another cliche. It's because he does the little things, right? That's not on my list, but... The locker room guy who's 13th on the on the depth chart, he better be doing the little things, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's all he yeah. can do. He has no actual yeah. <laughs> ability. I mean, so he jumped on the floor to grab a freaking loose ball. Good job, buddy. That's your one accomplishment on in, during the entire game. Exactly. All right, let's move on. My number five is he overcame a ton of adversity. Okay, so what adversity exactly? I don't like, know. Ask okay. your boy Alex Smith. That's what I was going to say. Alex Smith, he came through a ton of adversity. <laughs> However, the maj- that's so overused. I mean, it is. I think about from a, like a term of it was a guy like held in a concentration camp over the summer or something and he came out and, Easy. you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, too soon. Yeah. I mean, it was a hundred years ago, but, <laughs> 
But, you know, it's it doesn't make any sense. It's uh, what adversity and they use most of these guys have come from shitty situations to begin with. It's not like a bunch of rich boys with yachts that play in the NFL, the NBA, MLB, whatever league that it is, soccer, whatever it is. These guys come from shit. Usually they're all coming from some kind of adversity now, but that was 20 years ago. I'm talking about like, oh, he ate some bad tuna or something. And now he's coming. Oh, Jordan fighting through the adversity of getting a bad pizza from Mormons. (laughs) Yeah, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Did you see how he fought through that? Dude, these guys are getting paid millions upon millions of dollars. I would kill to fight through that. There ain't no adversity. Okay. It's, exactly. it's bad situations or a, an injury that they have to come back from. They're not fighting through anything else that anybody else has to fight through. Or Alonzo Mourning. Adverse, Adverse situations. situations. <laughs> what the hell does that even yeah, mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right. What's your number four, Noel? All right. My number four is he's a game manager or he's a game mm-hmm. general. Like the shitty average point guard that ha- that they have no choice but to play or the quarterback like the game manager, like going back to like your boy, Alex. It's the Alex the Smith, Alex Smith show. List? <laughs> the game manager or the Trent Dilfers of the world that had like one of the all time great defenses and he did everything possible in order for them not to win it. You know, these game managers, oh, you know, he just keeps them in the game. You know, that point guard, that Mark Jackson, he was a great court general he didn't do too much and he didn't do too little he was just right there in the middle and he just knew exact just the consummate professional on the court no you were just average or sucked at everything and they had to keep you out there because they had nobody else to put in that actually had any balls i think the game manager is more so the shitty quarterback no a point guard definitely is the floor general the game manager guy that averages like freaking nine and six or some shit like that, like the Chris Whitney's of the world, you know, remember back in the day, that was a floor general that could like manage things. No, they're just average as shit. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one, Noel. Thanks. All right. Well, I'm going to (laughs) go, I'm going to do my number four. It's all about winning. I mean, shit, I would hope so. What else is it about? What the fuck else is there? (laughs) I guess the thing is, if somebody says it's all about winning and and players actually go out of their way to say nothing about anything else about winning. Like, you should be... Man, I'm just going out there to win right now. I ain't worried about my contract, nothing. It's just about winning. Do you think you deserve an award because a game that you're paid to play to win and you should be celebrated because you want to win? It's like a freaking girl, like a hot girl that says, I'm a really nice person. (laughs) Like, I'm a really... no you are, then that means that you're not. Yeah. Okay? If you have to say it, If you have to say it, you don't mean it. Yeah. All right. Let let this shit happen on the court or let it happen in reality of when you have to be nice person that you actually are. If you have to label yourself as a nice person or that you're a winner, you're usually not. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, what's your number three? Okay. My number three is he's the first one in the building and the last one out. So not Dwayne Haskins. So not Dwayne Haskins. (laughs) No. Like, what are the other guys doing exactly? What are they working banker hours? <laughs> what do these guys say? Like, peace. 
They see this guy like running. They come in. He's there two hours before. It's like, they, man, they look come, at this guy. All these guys come in strolling in with hangovers. And mm-hmm. they're like, wow, look at him. He's already run five miles before we even showed up. Like, what are these other guys doing? Everybody else is just lazy assholes. And the coach looks like an asshole by saying that. Or the announcers. Like, everybody else is lazy assholes. And this one guy is the grinder. You know, fuck you. It's the same thing as like going to work and you look around and the first person who gets up at five o'clock is looked at like they're the laziest piece of shit ever. Right. You know, you don't want to be the first one to get up. No. You want that other person to be the first one who just doesn't give a shit. And then you're like, all right, I guess we'll be. Hey, I get paid eight hours. That's what I'm working, asshole. That's it. (laughs) I mean, but the thing is, it doesn't work that way in pro sports. These guys all work off hours. They're not working nine to fives with a one hour lunch. So to come out with that and say, oh, first one in the gym, last one out. Yeah, there always is going to technically be one guy that is the first one that actually walks into the door and the last one that walks out. Yes. Well, you know, it's funny, though. You don't listen to Chris Cooley, but this is this is actually hilarious. What he would do when Gibbs was there, he knew when Gibbs was there. He would just, this is hilarious. He would show up and like do sprints while he knew that he was at the window that he was watching right. for like five <laughs> for like five minutes. And then he'd be like, and then he would leave his uh, notepad on his desk and wrote like in big bold letters Chris Coley's notes. And they would actually grab his notes and see like how hard he worked. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's awesome! He's like, all you got to do is pick and choose and know when how to cheat the system. So he'd yeah. really work like an extra ten minutes a day. But they all thought he was the hardest worker on the team. Such a great move! I mean, and then amazing. that's the one that the coaches brag about at the press conference. You should see this guy, like just so studious, always <laughs> grinding, like the. He's working so hard that pencil is just worn down. No, he's just going in there and playing the system like most people do at their job. Beast. So you got to have a little respect for Cooley for that. Oh, absolutely. Great move, man. (laughs) So my number three is I really want to thank God. (laughs) I mean, Uh, really. So played out. If um, you're into that kind of thing, I guess. Do you really think God gives a shit if you're, you know, averaging 28 points a game on a basketball court? Yeah, or you hit a buzzer shot. (laughs) Like, uh, it, let's be serious here. I think, again, that should be higher on the list personally, Matt, but I, I didn't even really put that one into the equation. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It's absurd. I think God has bigger fish to fry. Yep. Hypothetically speaking, it just shows that you're you're a scumbag. If you think that God really thinks about you in that way. Because no, it's going back a, to the, I know right. that I'm a good person, that he has time out of his busy schedule to watch your buzzer shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand the context in which they're putting in, like, to put him in that player in that situation to achieve. He didn't. I equate it as a CEO of a company doesn't know what the guy's doing on the ground floor. Right. <laughs> I mean, personally, I mean, really, he doesn't give a shit if the, to- um, the toilet on the 13th floor is clean or not. Yeah, exactly. Well, that one's pretty annoying to me. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. No, that was a good one. That one didn't even cross my mind. But yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hey, no problem. God will praise you on that one, Matthew. <laughs> God willing. All right. What's your number two? My number two is he's got a high ceiling or high potential which means that he's dog shit and they don't know what the hell he's got. He maybe runs fast or he can jump really high or has a big wingspan. Troy Brown. Troy Brown. Perfect example. (laughs) Perfect example. These guys that are, you know, out of high school or whatever, 
you guys have no idea. They have the trimmings, you know, they're 6'10", 7'3", wingspan, but wouldn't know what a basketball looked like. This is like a Ernie Grunfeld uh, special right here. Right. Andre Blatch. High ceiling, man. Oh, and the announcers love to use that. They use it during every draft. I'm going to make a fucking drinking game out of that term. Whether they're from Europe or the Darko Milicic's of the world, they're like, oh my God, this guy's upside. His upside, his high ceiling. Jan Vesley. Yeah. Another another Grunfeld special. Another Grunfeld special. Oh, serious. Young, rough around the edges, but serious high upside here we're talking about. The raw. raw, raw, yes, that's another one. Raw, Dwayne Haskins. They all go under the same umbrella of that high ceiling bullshit, where they have no clue and they just cross their fingers and hope that you know he'll pan out. Which ninety five percent of the time that they don't. Well, that's why they put that right out of high school thing to a stop in the NBA because it was all these guys were crashing and burning so often and more times than not, and now they're fighting back with it. So more raw ceiling guys, yeah, to expect here down the road. All right, so my number two is nothing comes easy in this league. Can you have a more obvious statement than that? (laughs) I mean, you're talking about literally the greatest players on earth in one league. I would hope that things would be pretty difficult considering what percentage of the populations in this league. It's the dumbest shit I've ever heard, and it's so painfully obvious and yet another stupid cliche that these idiots use just to fill airtime right because they don't know what else to fucking say right you're the top one percent you're the top of the food chain no shit it's not going to come easy yeah it's a knockout grind out in in any job when you're in the highest performers of your profession yeah whether it's you know brain surgeons rocket scientists whatever it is it's going to be a tough competition up at that <laughs> up at that point. One thing to be said about it, though, it makes it even more impressive to think about the true top guys when they're that dominant against the guys that are of that top one percent. And they'll tell you just as much, Matt. It ain't yeah, easy, LeBron. It LeBron, ain't right? easy. Give me my respect, son. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> give me my respect. What a, I mean, uh, what an asshole. When was some class, dickhead? Who's disrespecting you? Why? Because they're not saying that you're Jordan. Uh, that's exactly, that's exactly it. what it is. Okay. What do you want, man? I got news for you, buddy. And going off script here, you ain't never going to be Jordan. Wow. You could win eight titles. Okay. No, I'm saying in the eyes of the public, not in mine. I don't give a shit one way or the other. I both think they're both idiots. But I do think that Jordan is one of the greatest players to ever play the game. I'm not denying that. That doesn't mean he's not an asshole. But, buddy, you're never going to beat Jordan as the greatest player of all time. I got news for you. Okay? Because at the end of the day, your titles came tarnished with getting super teams together. Yes, Jordan did it at the end with the final three to a certain extent, bringing in Rodman, bringing in those players. But you're always hop, skipping, and jumping into the next best thing. Mm-hmm. And that's where the lack of respect comes in. Absolutely. You didn't work for it. But I also think a portion of that is nostalgia, too. 20 years from now, when they look back at LeBron, he'll be looked at as a better player than he is now because everybody likes looking back to what they remember. People remember that he copped out by going to teams yeah, no, absolutely. and bringing in big players. But Yeah, they will. You know, And Jordan is beloved because he even through all the bullshit, he stayed with the Bulls. Right. We'll see. No, you're absolutely right. We'll see. But if you're asked for the respect, you're not going to get it. No. He needs it, too. He's begging for it. Just like he's begging for his hair back. (laughs) All right. So, finally, drum roll. 
What's your number one, Noel? I said I wasn't going to go full cliches, and I know we kind of, I think we're on the same page on this one, Matt. Defense wins championships. Got the same one. What? The Packers of the 60s? <laughs> when the fuck is the last time besides like the Ravens has a defense won championships? You can't touch a quarterback anymore. Shit, you can't breathe on a receiver. You can't do anything. The NBA looks like the old 1970s ABA. (laughs) What are we talking about? Defense wins championships. People are flying all over the place. We're back to scoring 140 points in basketball games again. (laughs) Defense wins championships? Are they out their damn minds? They're still using this same bullshit. You want to talk about nostalgia? I mean, good lord, when the last time is a defense won a fucking chip? Like, what, you need a shutdown guard these days to win a championship? Get the fuck out of here. Joe Dumars went the way of the dodo, my friend. (laughs) They're gone. They're dead. I think a lot of it is now when people say it is, I would hope, somewhat tongue-in-cheek because it's impossible to play defense in any league anymore. Well, there's a lot of stupid idiots like, you know, Phil Sims and shit that like still believe this kind of stuff, but it's a joke. These leagues have changed their rules up so much because they don't want defense to win championships. Right. Because it's not fun to watch. <laughs> right. You know, it's uh, you know, like chicks dig the long ball bullshit. <laughs> exactly. You know? They want a demographic that they didn't have. I don't want to see yeah. this knockout, drag out 10-7 games. And the irony is, when Jordan was playing, they were getting 35 million viewers. And now they're scoring 140 points a game and they're getting two and a half. Maybe they're on the wrong path here. These I don't, yeah. Maybe, I mean, people hey, wanna, maybe people want to see defense winning championships. Maybe days. they do. Hey, if defense actually comes back into leagues, I will take this cliche off of my list. But it doesn't seem to be happening anytime soon because it's a damn joke. People drive down lanes. It's getting worse and worse because just like movies, Matt, superhero movies, Star Wars, whatever genre you like where it was usually geeks. Yeah. They don't care about those demographics anymore. They're trying to bring anybody in that they can. And that's exactly what's happened in sports. The people that they're trying to bring in to watch their sports now don't want to see defense. Like you said, the long ball, home runs, whatever it is. So don't give me this bullshit about defense wins championships. Are they still a portion of the pie? Absolutely 100%. But their pie is getting smaller and smaller as years go by. I can tell you that. That and the running back are dead. Yeah, it came back a little bit there for about a year or two. Yeah, but then it's a shame because I love defensive football. I love defense in basketball. Who doesn't love seeing somebody get their head taken off when they come down the lane? Give me a break. That's worth its weight. You're a wrestling fan. Imagine seeing LeBron come down a lane and somebody take his freaking head off. How good would that feel to you? It would feel amazing instead of Moses parting the Red Sea. It's a yeah. joke, man, and well, don't give he, me this shit about defense. Well, he still plays running back, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he knows how to tuck that ball, put the finger over the tip. <laughs> what, five, six, seven steps? Yeah. You know? He knows what he's doing. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. We're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this show, please share it on social media. Speaking of sharing, let's do another one. Wanted to give a shout out to a couple of big fans of the show, Adam Johnson and Steve Hoffman, for sharing and liking all of our stupid crap on Facebook and Instagram. They have to get Twitter, though. I don't see them on there, but we really appreciate it, guys. Oh, also, Steve even came up with one of the top fives a few weeks ago that turned in one of the best yet, if you remember. We were were stumped. Came in the 11th hour. Oh, yeah, yeah. He saved our ass a little bit. I mean, usually I'm on my game and, hey, defense can't always win those championships, man. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, thanks, gentlemen, for all the support. Appreciate it. And uh, again, if you want to get a shout out, do a little sharing for us. Spread the word. Anyway, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook group, and our website, BeltwaySportsBros.com. Hope you guys try to enjoy the game. Speaking of a defensive battle, it should be a blast. <laughs> and we will see you on Sunday. <laughs>